morning. Happy New Year to everyone. You please stand and worship together with us.
that searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, the treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together.
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. The first time we get to gather to worship in 2022. You excited to be here? Amen. Amen. Well, if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're thankful that you are here. We would appreciate if you would let us know that this is your first time. There's a couple ways you can do that. Um, there's a QR code that you can scan uh, in the bulletin. There's also a connection card located out in the foyer. If you would take a moment to fill that out, we would greatly appreciate it. Maybe this is your second, third, fourth time and you haven't filled out that connection card yet. It would be very helpful uh, to me personally um, if you could do that. I'm not great with names, um, and so that would help me if, if I could actually see your name on a piece of paper. Uh, it would help me remember that. So um, here's what I want to do. Uh, as we begin 2022 as a church family, I want to start by just praising the Lord together. So, Troop, if you'll go ahead and throw the praying the scripture, or Alex is back there. Alex, if you'll throw that up there for me. Um, it comes out of Psalm 68. Um, but the righteous are glad they rejoice before God and celebrate with joy. So I want to take just a moment, um, and let's just celebrate God and his goodness uh, this morning. So three things I want to focus on. Number one, um, just was reminded this past week and a half and some conversations uh, I had with some people in Kentucky um, as to how good and kind God has been to our family this last year and a half as a church family. Um, there, we, we have had issues with COVID here. Some of you got pretty sick, but God in his grace brought you through that. But there have been churches, I was, I was reminded of this in Kentucky, that have been hit really hard with COVID. Deaths, um, and just, just a lot of stuff that has gone on there. And so God's been good and kind and gracious to us, and I just want us to be mindful of that this morning. And as you are aware, uh, COVID seems to be everywhere at the moment. Um, and so this morning, we're kind of socially distanced without really even meaning to, just because a lot of our folks aren't here. Um, we got sickness in our church family, uh, not just COVID, but other things, flu, colds, I think we're all going to get sick this week when the temperature in one day goes from 70 to like 30, which is supposed to happen, I think, tomorrow. So we're all going to wind up probably with the sniffles when that happens. Um, and so just a lot going on. And so just continue to pray uh, for our church family, people still traveling, but just so thankful for God's provision uh, in Northside in the last year. Secondly, if you have looked at the bulletin, you have seen how much money Northside has given to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. $14,909.68. So let me just praise God for you. Uh, your willingness to give. Kim sent me that number. She emailed me, I think it was Thursday or Friday. And man, just fighting back to tears uh, because of God's goodness through you. You obviously have a heart to give. My prayer for 2022 is that God will also work in our hearts that we will go beyond giving to actually going and, and sharing the gospel in ways that we've never shared before. And so I want to praise God uh, for that. Thank you uh, for giving generously. And the third reason I want to praise God is because Curtis and Ann are back with us this morning. So uh, we... Uh, we praise God for that. I know it's been a long road for you, brother, but we're thankful that you are back. 
Um, and he's going to lead us in a hymn in just a moment. Uh, we're just going to do one hymn today. I told him we, he can come back uh, nice and slow, but he chose one of my favorite hymns, Victory in Jesus. And so we're going to sing that, and I pray that as we sing that song in just a moment, man, that you will be mindful of what God has done and hopeful for what he's going to do, and may you will sing with all of your heart. Even if you don't like to sing, I want to challenge you. Most of us in this room know victory in Jesus, that you'll just let the Spirit take over and you'll just sing about his victory. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and I want to pray through the Scripture. So right where you are, this is the verse, but the righteous are glad, they rejoice before God, celebrate with joy. Look, there's a lot going on in our world that could, that if you're not careful, is going to try to steal your joy. But you have victory in Jesus, you have hope. And so will you take a moment where you are before I pray for us and just praise God, rejoice for his goodness and his grace in your life. If you'll pray, then I'll pray for us. And then Curtis is going to come, Anne's going to come, and we're going to sing victory in Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we worship you today. As we will see in the scriptures, Jesus Christ, you are the ascended, exalted, sovereign Lord. You are Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. We have every reason this morning to praise you, to exalt you, to worship you. You turn graves into gardens. You give dead men and women life. You take the blind and you enable them to see. You are the great physician. This past year, we have had members in our church dealing with cancer, with COVID, with, with other mental or physical or financial needs. And God, you have been victorious, maybe even marital struggles. And God, you have brought victory. And we want to praise you for that. But God, at the same time, we want to bring those before your throne, Lord, who have needs. Some traveling today. Father, I've heard from several families this past week or others have heard that are dealing with COVID right now more at one time than any, any point in the last year and a half. Then we have others, Father, who were just under the weather. And out of an abundance of caution, which we appreciate, they just chose to stay home. They're joining us online. And so, Father, though it is not the same thing, we're thankful that, Father, the body of Christ can still worship and can hear and Lord, you have a very important message for us as the body as we enter into this new year. And Father, we pray that our hearts would be open, that our minds would be attentive, and that, Father, that you would just help us to hear and help us to see. And God, right now, would your spirit enable us to sing of the victory that comes only through Jesus Christ. He ascended exalted, risen Savior. Be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, brother. You ready to sing? Let's go. If you'll stand.
Thank you, choir, and Curtis and Ann. We appreciate that, the goodness of God. All right, at this time, our children are going to go out for Children's Church. I know we have a few of you that may go, so you guys are going to go do that. Uh, while they're doing that, let me just say that the plan for the next couple weeks is to continue with our schedule as normal, um, but understanding that I have the right to change that if necessary. Uh, one thing would be if we just don't have enough teachers to help with our, our kids, um, I'm praying that we'll continue to have enough, but we don't know the different sicknesses that are going around. So at this point, um, we're going we're gonna to go through as normal, and hopefully everything will, will be all right there. I do want to point out really quick um, that we do not have any evening activities tonight. It says on the calendar, no evening activities, but then when you look at this week ahead, it lists that we have stuff tonight, but there is nothing uh, taking place tonight. Our schedule will resume on Wednesday. So if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to Ephesians chapter 4 uh, as we continue to work our way through this letter verse by verse, week after week, uh, very slowly. Um, so we just had Christmas, and if you all remember, if you were here for our family night, all the kids gathered up here with me, and I asked them what their favorite thing is about Christmas, and there were some great answers. Uh, Malachi said he loved snow. He did not get to see snow in Kentucky. Uh, it was this warm in Kentucky, and he didn't get to see snow. Finally, one of the girls said, getting presents. And I was surprised it took that long for somebody to say getting presents. If we're honest, we all still like to receive presents. And you can probably remember back to your childhood uh, and remember some of your favorite gifts that you received. There's two that stick out in my mind. One, I was eight, nine years old. Um, I had slept. Uh, Santa had worked it out to where I slept in a different room so that when I went into my room on Christmas morning, uh, this massive track had been put together, had been built, um, and it was these motorized cars, and they could race, and it was really cool. I remember that. My other, and probably my all-time favorite, is I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, I think Ryan and I were dating. And I was out shopping, and I made the comment, uh, my grandma was there, I made the comment that I really wanted a, a PS2, a PlayStation 2. Um, and so when we were gathered as a family and I opened that gift, my grandmother had got me a PlayStation 2, and my mouth just hit the floor. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Uh, probably my favorite uh, Christmas gift that I've received in all the years just because I was so surprised. Uh, we like receiving gifts, right? It makes us, makes us feel good. We're thankful for those. In our text this morning, we see that Christ Jesus has gifted us with his grace. He's gifted us with his grace. Now, we need, to, we need to understand before we dive into this, this is not referring to saving grace. Paul has dealt with that in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you are saved through faith. Right? There was a time in which we were dead in our sins and trespasses, alienated from God on our way to hell. And then by faith in Jesus Christ, we have been saved and rescued from that. We've received eternal life, made sons and daughters. Paul's not talking about that gift of salvation here. He's speaking more of a ministering grace. We, we call this spiritual gifts. These are, this is a gift, a grace that he has given to us so that we can serve others. So here's the big truth that I want you to see. The exalted, sovereign Christ has gifted us. The exalted, sovereign Christ has gifted us. And so most of our time is going to be in verse 7, but before we get to verse 7, I want us to look at verses 8, 9, and 10. So will you take your copy of God's Word and please stand in honor of the reading of His, his Word. 
And so that we can see that the one who gives gifts is the exalted, ascended Christ. We're going to pick up in verse 7, chapter 4. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. You may be seated. The exalted, sovereign Christ has gifted us. Paul, in verse 8, quotes from Psalm 68 specifically verse 18. So I want us to to camp out in Psalm 68 for just a moment. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Psalm 68 is a victory psalm. It's a victory psalm. The people in Psalm 68 are celebrating God's deliverance, specifically His deliverance and protection um, as they remember how God delivered them from Egypt and brought them through the wilderness safely. But this psalm also celebrates God's victory over the Gentile kings. Verse 3 that we prayed comes from Psalm 68. Look at verse 1. Look how it begins. God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. Those who hate him shall flee before him. Now look at verse 7. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness. So that's the context. God delivering his people through the wilderness. Then look at the last verse, verse 35. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. So they are celebrating the victory that God brings. And in the midst of this psalm is verse 18 that Paul quotes in Ephesians 4 and applies it specifically to Jesus Christ. So verse 18. You ascended on high letting a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. So Paul takes verse 18 and he applies it to Jesus Christ, focusing on how Jesus is the ascended one. Where it says in verse 18, you ascended on high, Jesus is the ascended one. He is the exalted sovereign king who has gifted his people with grace, right? That's what he says in Ephesians 4, verse 8. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, some of you who are very observant, you notice a difference between verse 18 and Psalm 68 and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Let me read Ephesians 4 again. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and Paul writes... And he gave gifts to men. Because Paul is focusing on Christ's giving. But listen to what Psalm 68, 18 says. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train, and receiving gifts among men. There is a difference there between receiving and giving. Is this a contradiction? I don't believe so. Let me tell you two reasons why I don't believe this is a contradiction. Number one, the Hebrew word for receive can have the idea of receive in order to give. Sometimes you just receive something and you keep it. Other times you receive something, maybe like a paycheck, right? You've earned it, you receive it, but in that you then give a tithe or maybe you give to help somebody, right? You're receiving in order to give. And so the Hebrew word has that context. You can receive in order to give. But the second thing is when a king would be victorious in war, 
and he would return to the city. He would return in a parade-like fashion. Right, The king would enter. Behind him would be a host of men. That's what verse 18 says, leading a host of captives in your train. So those that were taken into captivity, right, they would follow the king as they came back into the city. Also, they would have right, all the spoils, all the booty, if you will, all, all the stuff, the gold, the silver, whatever it may be. They would also bring that back in. And yes, the king could keep it for himself. But at times, the king would take some of that and would give to his men. So I don't believe this is a contradiction. What Paul is doing is he's taking verse 18, he's applying it to Jesus, and his focus in doing so is that Jesus is the ascended king and that Jesus is giving gifts to men and women. So that brings us to chapter 4, verses verses 9 and 10. In saying, so he just quoted Psalm 68, 18, in saying he ascended, What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. So Paul's focus, verse 8, when he ascended, he's focusing on his ascension, because then he says it again in verse 9 and again in verse 10. Listen to what Jesus says in John 3, 13. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. So for Jesus to ascend to heaven, it's saying he at some point had to descend because we know he is the eternal Godhead, the Godhead, right? Father, Son, and Spirit. And so he came. We know that that's the incarnation. So the question for us then, and we're not going to go into it in great detail, but just something for you to ponder. He says, but he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. What is that referring to? Well, commentaries differ. Some, when it talks about descending to the lower regions, believe that's speaking of hell, that Jesus descended into hell. Some think this refers to the grave. He descended into the grave. Others think it's it's simply speaking of he descended to the earth. He was in heaven. He left all of glory. He descended, became man, and lived on the earth. There's disagreement there. You and I may disagree. But Paul's point isn't to focus on where he descended to, but the fact that he descended so that he could ascend. His emphasis is the exaltation, that he's not in the grave, he's not in hell, if you believe that's where he went, right? He's not still on the earth. He is the ascended, resurrected, exalted, sovereign Christ, which means Jesus Christ has won, amen? There is victory in Jesus. He defeated hell. He defeated sin. He defeated the grave. He defeated death. He has won for us a salvation. He has won that for us. He has purchased our salvation. So hear me. If you don't know the victory that is in Christ, would you come to believe in Jesus this morning? Would you confess your sins that separated you from Christ, that you've been alienated from him? Would you confess that your sins have condemned you and you deserve hell, but that God sent his son Jesus Christ to give you victory over sin and death and hell and the grave, that you can have victory? That's what you need first and foremost this morning, is that Christ has given us victory through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's Paul's emphasis. He is the ascended, resurrected, sovereign Christ, who from his exalted, ascended position has now continued to bless his people with gifts. And that's what he focuses on in verse 7. So let's break apart verse 7. I want you to notice four things. And, And church, hear me. 
What Paul is doing at the beginning of chapter 4 is he is focusing upon the body of Christ. Right? How we are one, we are united, but he's also going to talk about how we are diverse. And what we're going to look at this morning and what we're going to look at next week as he gets into the leadership of the church, you have to understand you cannot do this cut off and apart from the body of Christ. So if you're watching us online and you don't have a church home, you need to be in a place physically involved in a church. You can't live this out at home. You must be engaged. You must be involved. You have to belong somewhere. So here's what he says. Verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. The exalted, risen Christ has given every believer a gift. Every believer, every Christian, every follower of Christ has been given a gift. Look what he says, verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us. Paul transitions from the all of us, if you look at verse 6, one God and Father of all, who was over all, through all, and in all. He's talking about the all, and now he transitions but to the each of us. He goes from the body to the individual member of the body. Look at the screen. I have several scriptures that are going to be up here, and I want to highlight the each. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us. Right, Ephesians 4, 7. Next one, Romans 12, 3. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Next verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these are empowered by one in the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. And one more, 1 Peter 4, 10. As each has received a gift. Hear me. Each one of you has been given a gift by God. You have natural gifts and talents that the Lord has blessed you with, but as a follower of Christ, you have what the Bible refers to as a spiritual gift, every single one of you. Because when you give your life to Jesus, you are sealed with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God blesses His people with a spiritual gift. So whether you've been saved 50 years or three months, you have a gift. Each and every one of us in this room, those Christians watching online, you have been given a gift. Number two, Jesus distributes these gifts according to his purpose. That's what he says. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. The Phillips translation, which is a paraphrase, reads this way. Individually, grace is given to us in different ways out of the rich diversity of Christ's giving. So this is important. You've got to follow Paul's logic. He has just spent three verses on the unity, that there's one God, one Lord, one Spirit, one faith, one baptism, right? One, one, one. And now he's, going to be going, he's beginning to talk about the diversity. So hear me. Unity is not uniformity. Unity does not mean we are all going to look alike, act the same, have the same experiences, the same past, the same gifts. I mean, imagine if all of us had the same gift. Like, we could all just sing. That's all we could do. We could just sing. We, we, we need some diversity. Some of you can sing. Some of you cannot. Right? Unity is not uniformity. I'm one of those who cannot, so I'm, um, if you're visiting for the first time. Unity, rather, is uniqueness. 
It's in our uniqueness and in our, in our diversity that God brings us together under one Lord, one Father, one Spirit, and we become one. And so when you think about spiritual gifts, there's a couple passages, and this will be uh, on the screen, there's a couple passages in particular that deal with spiritual gifts. Um, Romans 12, specifically verses 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Ephesians chapter 4 that we're looking at. In verses 11, he's going to talk about the different leadership in the church. And then uh, 1 Peter chapter 4 is another one where he deals a little bit with spiritual gifts and diversity. So let me just read um, a couple passages from, from these. So if you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. And then I'm going to give you a couple illustrations just to illustrate this. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 says, I'm going to read verse 5 and 6. So we, though many, are one body. There's the unity, one body in Christ. And individually we were members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Paul says we have gifts that are different. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, look at this, the unity and the diversity. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. So here's the reality, and I love this. We are united around the gospel, but we are diverse. We are different. We are distinct. And this is glorious. It is glorious that people don't look like us, don't have the same uh, right, melanin, the same color of their skin, right? They, they, they're different than us. They don't have the same background, the same uh, upbringing, the same gifts, the same talents. They're not the same stage of life or the same age. We are different, and this is glorious because we need a diversity of gifts. So think about a basketball team. Y'all know I'm a big Kentucky Wildcats fan. Man, it is nice that we have more than a basketball school now. We also have a football team. Been waiting years for that. But we're, we're known as a basketball school, and so some of you have played basketball. When you have a basketball team, you don't have an entire team of seven-footers. You may have one or two, but your starting lineup is not all seven-footers. You need a point guard, somebody who can handle the ball. You need somebody who can shoot, and you need some big guys down low who can rebound. Uh, Landon's eighth grade basketball team was a team full of big guys. Um, and they struggled when a team would press them. They would turn the ball over possession after possession because they didn't have enough guards who could control the ball. You need a team that is diverse. And when you have a diverse team, that team, if they come together, can be really, really good. So God gives different gifts according to his will and his purpose. Every one of us has been gifted, but we've all been gifted differently. And in Scripture, there's a, a plethora of spiritual gifts that are listed. I'm just going to run through them quickly. Prophecy, serving, teaching, the gift of exhortation, or some people call it the gift of encouragement. My mom has the gift of encouragement. That is her spiritual gift. I mean, she is the, the greatest encourager I know. The gift of giving. I would say my dad has the gift of giving. He has spent his entire life willing just to give to his kids. He just gives and he gives. The spiritual gift of leading, of mercy, of wisdom, faith, discernment. 
You got a friend in your life, man, we, we all do. You sit down and you begin to ask them for their advice and you're just blown away at their wisdom. You're like, man, I wish I could give advice like that. Sometimes that's a spiritual gift that God gives us, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment, the gift of administration. Some of you are great at administration. Some of you are not, right? It's a gift. The gift of hospitality, the gift of helps. So all these spiritual gifts and others that are mentioned in the Bible. And so God has gifted each of us a gift. Now hear me, because this is really important. God never, ever, ever gives you the wrong gift. Ever. You remember back to your wedding or back to the many Christmases? Have you ever got a gift that you were just like, how quickly can I take this back? Like, what were you thinking getting me this gift? Look, I've, I've got one in my mind, but I can't share it because I don't know if this person ever watches um, and I don't want to single them out. But, but there are times we get gifts that we're just like, what? What, what is this? What were you thinking? Listen, God never gives the wrong gift. You may wish you had a different gift. You may not like the spiritual gift that you've been given, but God doesn't make mistakes. And he gave it to you for a reason. So you need to understand you have a gift. It's based upon his, and according to his purpose. Number three, these gifts are undeserved blessings. They are undeserved. Look what he says, verse seven, right? This grace was given. This grace was given to you. He goes on in verse eight, he says, and he gave gifts. In verse 11, he says, and he gave, right? He is the one who gives. He is the one who blesses. They are undeserved. No one deserves it. Therefore, if these gifts are undeserved, then this ought to remove a couple things from our life. Number one, it ought to remove pride. We should never say, hey, look at me. Look at me. This is a temptation. For those of you who can sing, for those of you who, who've ever done special musics, right, this is a temptation. How do you sing? How do you use your talents without drawing attention to yourself? Right, this, those of you who are gifted on the basketball court or wherever, how do you play without drawing the attention to yourself but giving the glory to God? So if God gives these gifts, natural or spiritual, it ought to remove pride. You shouldn't say, hey, look at me. Look how I can serve. Look what I can do. It also ought to remove jealousy. As I was thinking about this, I wrote down the words, why not me? Have you ever seen somebody and how God has gifted them? It could be materially, whatever. And you said, man, God, why not me? Why don't I have that kind of house? Or why didn't I get the promotion? Or why can't I sing? Or why can't I teach? Or why can't I actually fix things instead of breaking them? I'm guilty of that. Like, why? Why, why can I not do these things? And, and sometimes we become jealous. And then I want to take it a step further to envy Jealousy and envy are often very similar, but for envy, I wrote me instead of thee. Sometimes we become so jealous that we wish they had it and they didn't. And God, I wish I could sing and I wish they could. Man, that's how bad we want it. But if God gives these things and he never makes a mistake, then we need to understand that we are gifted in different ways, they are undeserved, and they are given to us as the Lord sees fit. And you need to rest in that and use the gifts God has given you for his glory. Um, my brother, three years younger than me, can sing. Man, can he sing. My, my hope is that at some point this year, my brother and his wife can come. She plays the piano. She sings. And they're just going to lead us one Sunday morning to worship. We'll give our praise team. And Kurt will give you all day off. And he'll just come and lead worship just because I love seeing him. And he's super, super talented. There have been times in my life, and I would... I would be lying if I said it wasn't the case, where I heard him sing and I thought, man, I wish I could sing like that. 
I wish, God, you had given me the ability to sing. But I know why God did not. Because I would sing in every single sermon. Every sermon I would sing if I could sing. Um, so my brother leads worship at a church. And this past year, he got to preach four times. Um, and I, he just preached about a month ago. And I listened to him. Uh, and at the end of his message, he started singing. He began his message with an illustration from the, the movie Les Miserables, and at the end he sang. And I thought, that's why God didn't give me the gift to sing, because I would do that every single week and it would drive people nuts. If I could sing, I would sing walking down Kroger. I'm tell, I know I would. So God knows what he's doing. I, I don't have the gift of singing. But not only can my brother sing, but man, my brother can speak too. He can articulate the gospel. I was just blown away listening to him preach and then sing, but here's the interesting thing. I was talking to him at Christmas, and uh, so he, he, just, he just thinking, man, this preaching, and he got to preach four times, and he said there are times that he almost would rather preach than sing. And there are times that I wish I could sing rather maybe than preach. And if we're not careful, we could want to be or do something else rather than just resting in who God has made us to be and just trusting in that. Um, let, me use my, let me use my wife for an example. 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, there was a picture of what a pastor's wife should look like. My wife would not meet that, right? The, she's always up front playing the piano. Right? The, that's just what the pastor's wives did. They were just always involved. My wife is not a get up in front of people. It's not how, how God has gifted her. She could do it, but her gift is behind the scenes. Her gift is with our children. She can teach children. That's where God's gifted her. She's not going to be a women's Bible study teacher of 50 people. She could do it, but that's not the gift that he's given her. And so you have to find that gift and rest in it. Here's the thing. We have a tendency at times, we're all guilty of this, that we see gifts as big and small. Man, I wish I had that big gift of teaching rather than this small gift of whatever it may be. I don't think there's big and small gifts. God has gifted us. They're all important in the body of Christ and the life of the church. And when you say, I wish I had this gift or that gift, you're, you're wasting your own gift. Don't waste the gift that God has given you. And lastly, as we hammer this home, we must use our gifts as the exalted Christ directs. We exercise these spiritual gifts under the lordship of jesus christ why because he is the ascended victorious lord and how does he in his word direct us to use these gifts one last place i want you to go first peter chapter four. First peter chapter four and i'm going to drive home a point as we close first peter chapter four verses 10 and 11 look what the word of god says as each has received a gift, use it, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. He makes it abundantly clear and plain here. We are to use our spiritual gifts for the glory of God and for the edification of others. He says, use it so that God may be glorified, verse 11. And verse 10, he says, to serve one another. But look at the first part of verse 10. And here's what I want to hammer home as we wrap up. As each has received a gift, and we've already established in Christ, we've all been gifted with the spiritual gift. As each has received a gift, use it. 
use it. I read as I was studying this week this comparison. It has been said that churches can be like a soccer match. 22,000 spectators desperately in need of some exercise and 22 players desperately in need of rest. You've heard the statistic, 10 to 20% of those in the church do 80% of the work. Why? Because so many people aren't willing to use the gift God has given them. Your gift may never lead you to be on this stage, and that's all right. Your gift may be elsewhere, behind the scenes. You've been given a gift. Hear me, please use your gift. The question is not, has God gifted me? As a follower of Christ, has God given me a gift? The answer is yes. The Bible is clear. The question is, what are you going to do with the gift that God has given you? And you cannot use these spiritual gifts isolated from a local body of believers. You can't do it. you got to belong to a church. We're going to see that next week as we look at the leadership of the church. You have to belong somewhere and use your gift. Jesus generously gives his people gifts. And we must generously serve him and the body of Christ with those gifts. So here's the question I want you to ask in 2022. How can I, as a member of Northside Baptist Church, use my spiritual gift to bless this congregation? How can I use my natural gifts in a way that serves Northside Baptist Church? So that in 2022, all of us who are on the the, 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 in the stands or on the, on the sidelines being spectators, that all of us will get more involved. And those of us who are already involved, may the Lord continue to give you strength as you use your gifts and your talents for His glory. Let me close with this quote. It's by Paul David Tripp in a book I had to read for seminary on counseling instruments in the Redeemer's hands. He writes this, Your life is much bigger than a good job an understanding spouse, and non-delinquent kids. Sometimes we think, man, if I've got a good job, a spouse who understands, and non-delinquent kids, I've got it made. But he says life is more than that. It is bigger than beautiful gardens, nice vacations, and fashionable clothes. In reality, you are part of something immense, something that began before you were born and will continue after you die. God is reducing fallen humanity, transporting them into his kingdom. God is redeeming fallen humanity, transporting them into his kingdom, and progressively shaping them into his likeness. And he wants you to be a part of it. God is still at work. And he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. So hear me. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Do you know him? Have you believed in him? Have you trusted in him? If you have, praise the Lord. Keep resting in that. Keep trusting in his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. If you have never given your life to Jesus, then give your life to Jesus this morning. But once you come to believe in Jesus and you're resting in that grace and you're trusting in his righteousness, begin to understand and discern how he has gifted you. And then use that gift. Because if you don't, Northside will never be as strong as we can be. As long as we have gifted men and women 
sitting and standing on the sidelines and not actively using their gifts in the body of Christ. When we all begin to serve, Northside becomes a healthy, vibrant, growing church. So how has he gifted you? And how are you going to use that for his glory and his honor? Would you close your eyes and and bow your head? We're not going to sing this morning, but I do want to give you an opportunity just to respond um, to the message in light of what you have heard as we enter into this new year. The focus being, all right, how can we serve each other and how can we glorify God through these gifts? So would you take a moment right where you are? Maybe, Maybe you know your spiritual gift. You know where he has gifted you. Will you just pray and thank God for that? Maybe you know the gift, but you're not using it. You're you're, you're uncertain, you're nervous, you're scared. Will you just pray, Lord, strengthen me, help me to step out in faith? And maybe this morning you would say, Pastor, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. How do I find that out? Well, there's resources, there's there's ways. Reach out to your Sunday school teacher, to your deacon. Reach out to me. We want to help you discern and understand what that gift is. Maybe maybe say, Pastor, I want to serve, but I don't know how. Again, reach out to your deacon, Sunday school teacher, me, your pastor, and say, hey, I want to serve. Will you just take a moment and just say, Lord, what would you have me, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to trust in light of the message that we have heard this morning. So take a moment and pray, and then I'll pray for us. Father, again, we just want to praise you for what you have done here at Northside. So we think about our rich history, the men and women who have come before us who faithfully used their gifts and their talents to build up this body and for your glory. Thank you, God, for what you are presently doing at Northside, for how you are moving, for how you are working, for how you are changing and shaping hearts and lives, how you're redeeming Continue to do that, Father, we pray. And God, we give you praise in advance for what you're going to do in 2022. For how you're going to move, for how you're going to speak, for how you're going to work. Father, may we be a people who are more resolved than ever to stand upon the promises of your word. To stand upon the truthfulness of your word. To believe and hold fast to your word. To trust and rest in Christ But also, Father, in light of that, having been filled with the Spirit, sealed with the Spirit, God, to be men and women who live on mission for Christ. Strengthen us, sustain us. God, for your glory, you continue to shape Northside into a healthy church. A church who is growing spiritually. A church who is making disciples a church who is going out into the community, into our neighborhoods, and telling others about Jesus, a church who faithfully loves and serves one another when the needs arise, a church where no one is on the sidelines, but everyone is actively engaged and involved. For your glory, through the power of the Spirit of God, would you do that, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Let me just make a couple announcements before Chris comes and closes us with a word of prayer. Just a reminder, no activities tonight. Um, Also, there are three different announcements in the bulletin that require you to sign up. So sign up. We struggle sometimes. Maybe that's a prayer of mine in 2022. We'll become a church who signs up a little bit quicker. Three different ministries. So if you you want a seniors ministry, a game night, a women's ministry, they're asking you to sign up so they can plan. The sign-up sheets are right out there at the welcome desk. The ladies can help you find the right one to sign up. Please do that. One more really, really important announcement. There are a lot of Christmas cards that are still out there on the table. And I don't know who did it, but thank you. They organized it, rubber banded it, got it all laid out for you. So if you haven't picked up your Christmas cards at all or lately, stop by the table and please pick those up and take those home. Uh, We want you to get those. All right, if you will stand, Chris is going to close us out with the word of prayer. Curtis and Ann, it is so good to have you back with us once again. We love you guys. We love you. Speaking of gifts and volunteering, uh, Upward Flag Football and Cheer Season will be upon us soon. Um, uh, in a few weeks, uh, January 23rd, I think, we'll have an informational meeting, and then the evaluation start at the end of January. Uh, so- football and cheerleading is not quite as big as soccer, but we need volunteers. So if God has gifted you with the ability of coaching, cheer, or football, or you don't really have to have a an innate ability to do that. You just have to have an interest in wanting to invest time in the kids. Please, please see me. Please sign up using one of the QR codes in the in the bulletin, uh, and uh, we'll get that going. Let's pray. Devin Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for this new year you've given us. I pray we'd use every opportunity we have for your honor and glory uh, to know you and to make you known. Uh, pray you'd uh, help those of us, families who are struggling with COVID. I pray you'd restore health through the bodies. Thank you for the ones who are back with us. Um, I pray to keep us, keep us safe from this, uh, from this disease. I pray to bless us this week and bring us back safe as we come back to worship you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.